Ladies and gentlemen, please notice that exits are conveniently located at the front and rear of this auditorium. When leaving the theater, we suggest that the exit at the front of the auditorium will allow you easier access to the parking areas. Thank you. We've just lost 90% of our young audience out there. Who's Susan Lucci? I don't know why they're an old lady voice, but anyways. And he'd be like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> he, Yeah, exactly. For all you want. Agree to disagree. <laughs> Disney fight. <laughs> See, two dudes talking about Disney. Yeah, oh. So many viewers. We just lost so many. <laughs> Hello, I'm Mike Butler. And I'm Mike Field. And you are listening to the Forgotten Cinema Podcast. Each episode, we highlight a film that, for a variety of reasons, was forgotten by audiences. Whether it be because a more popular movie was released at the same time, or the film simply didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run. We'll discuss what we love about the movie, or perhaps don't love about it, but we'll always recommend you revisit it. If you enjoy our podcast, please feel free to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this podcast. Well, hello. Uh, welcome to episode number five of season four. Wow, I can't believe I remember that off the top of my head. Uh, I'm pretty impressed. We are traveling back 20 years. I can't believe this movie is 20 years old. So <laughs> Friday, October 27th, 2000. Well, that is the release date I have. That's actually, I believe, the release date that where it went wide or its biggest release date because it does have a limited release date of October 6th. But that was just New York and L.A., so I can't really vouch for that. In terms of anyone seeing it, I of course, of course, I'm talking about the ever popular independent movie, Two Family House. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> knows what I'm talking about. Uh, this is the second movie I think we've done. Other than like we did the conversation, which I had never heard of, right? And then I did Two Family House, which I've never heard. Of. Wow, this is, this, this is the second movie I've never actually this is heard of. Part of this podcast is me educating you on movies that you've never heard of. This is true. We, we should that's probably should be a, a separate segment <laughs> uh, in terms of like when we have. Forgotten Cinema Fight Club, Forgotten Cinema Butler, never heard of these. <laughs> well, there's not that many on the list that I've never even heard this of. True. This is just, this is one of them. You are well-versed, which, uh, so anyways, back to Two Family House. <laughs> Two Family House is a runtime of 108 minutes. It's rated R, has a production budget of I don't know because I could not find it. That's how independent this is. It's opening weekend. It took in, get ready. It took in $137,000. Now that is, like I said, the 27th date, as I said before, October 27, 2000. I thought you were going to say $137. I thought you were just going to end with one thirty seven. <laughs> it's domestic take was $1 million and so was this worldwide. So obviously it didn't go international, obviously. I wonder if this was a hit because if you don't get the production budget, that usually means it's under five hundred. Usually, like the big, the big joke, or not the big joke, but well, I remember going to a festival in Nashville, the Films Festival, where I met actually a bunch of people who I'm still friendly with, uh, really good people. And when people when people would ask, "Hey, you know, how much did you, you know, the lot of the movies were independent, right?" And I remember one of the producers from the movie. Oh, you don't say. You just say under five. You just say under five hundred. You just say under five hundred. And if my voice sounds like I'm, I don't like this person. I did not like this person because uh, <laughs> she was just. Uh, I didn't like her. She might be listening, man. I don't care. She's not listening. And that she was not one of the people that I became <laughs> friends with on this festival. So uh, to anyone that is listening to this podcast and you remember meeting me at Films Fest, how you doing? All right. Anyways. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure if it made a million, I'm wondering if it made some of its money back. It must have. Regardless. All right. So this movie is directed by Raymond D. Felita. Felita? Felicia? No. Felita. Felita. You want me to try to say it? Say it. Felita? Day Felitta. Yeah. yeah. The, the okay. He wrote and directed this. 
Uh, he also did a movie called City Island, which I like quite a bit with Andy Garcia. I've seen City Island. That's a very good movie. Uh, it takes, also takes place in Staten Island, just like Two Family House. He directed The Thing About My Folks, which was written by Paul Reiser. And he has a new movie that came out last year called Bottom of the Ninth, which is with Joe Manganiello and Sophia, Sophia Varga. Is that her name? Yes. No. Uh, he also he, did the Madoff miniseries. Did he? He directed it. I did not know that. Yeah. Nice. The miniseries that's on the one with De Niro? No, that was Levinson. You talk about the one with De Niro? No. Okay. There's one with uh, Richard Dreyfus. Oh, okay. I remember. I didn't yeah. see it, but I, I know what you're talking about. Okay. He also wrote Cafe Society, which was in the 90s. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And he wrote Shadow of Doubt. Music by Stephen Endelman. Uh, he's responsible for a bunch of stuff, but just the ones that popped out, Jawbreaker, The Lovely, and Flirting with Disaster. Have you ever seen Flirting with Disaster? No. With Ben Stiller? That might actually be a good one for us, too. That's actually pretty funny. I've also only seen parts of Jawbreaker, but I'm pretty sure you said you like Jawbreaker. Jawbreaker is a quintessential 90s. It's not, it's kind of like when, like, not Mean Girls. Mean Girls was later. Um, Anyways, it's, (laughs) it is, it's, it's not like a, it's like a teen movie, but it's really dark. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because obviously somebody dies from choking on a jawbreaker. Yeah. That's why I, I remember. I've seen parts of the movie on like the movie channels and stuff, and then yeah. I stopped watching it because I was like, "This is pretty good. And I don't want to watch it." It's an acquired. Anyway. Yeah. It's definitely a movie where if you go in not knowing what it's about, you might be turned off by it. Right. But if you know what you're getting into, you're all about it. It's good. Uh, cinematography with Michael Mayers. Uh, he did Spanking the Monkey and Class of Newcomb High. Do you ever see Spank of the Monkey? You've never seen that? No. That's actually a good one too. Is that it? is that is with uh Jeremy. Who's the guy in that I the opponent character in Saving Private Ryan? Jeremy uh Davies, right? Yes. So Jeremy Davies plays uh plays a son, plays a, a guy. His mother breaks her leg and he has to take care of her over the summer. And he ends up sleeping with her. <laughs> Uh, and it's a comedy Uh, (laughs) produced by Ann Harrison and Al Klingenstein Uh, Ann Harrison did uh, The Danish Girl Leave No Trace don't cough when I'm doing stuff Butler and Al Klingenstein is responsible for Trumbo they are also responsible for other movies but these are the movies that like I said I just kind of like you didn't mention uh, Michael Mayer's uh, greatest accomplishment oh go ahead go he was a cinematographer on Street Fighter The Legend of Chun-Li you're correct I didn't didn't mention that (laughs) this movie stars Michael Rispoli he plays Buddy Vassallo, Kelly McDonald as Mary O'Neary, Catherine Narducci as Estelle Vassallo, Kevin Conway as Jim O'Neary, Matt Servito Ch- plays Chipmunk. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't even know his name was Chipmunk until I looked at the credits. I didn't know his name was Chipmunk until toward the end and he calls him Chipmunk. I, I, didn't, like, ah, right. I didn't even catch that. Michelle Santa Pietro as Laura and Vincent Pastore as Angelo. Now, all these people, ex- with the exception of Kevin Conway and Kelly McDonald, are in The Sopranos. Most of the people in this movie are in The Sopranos. They pop up. Some are in big roles. Uh, Michael Rispoli plays uh, Jackie April Sr. at the beginning. And he's the one that dies, dying of cancer in the first season. Um, so clearly this is a New York-based talent pool, which is why they were in The Sopranos, because that was shot in Jersey pretty much. Um, if you do not know where some of these people are from, Michael Raspoli is from While You Were Sleeping. He plays the neighbor that likes the Sandra Bullock character. And oh, I didn't even realize. Yeah, okay. yeah. When he does the lean in, he says that, notice he's doing the lean. He's also in Kick-Ass and Invincible. Kelly McDonald is a Scottish actress. Yes, because she plays Merida and Brave. She's also Nanny McPhee in No Country for Old Men. She was, her first movie is Trainspotting. Uh, her, I think her father produced Trainspotting. He was a producer on that, which is really odd because in Trainspotting, when you see her, she's naked. And she's like, 
you know, 18 or 17 or something like that. She's she, also in Train Spotting 2, I read. She is, which yeah. I still have to see. I, I, I haven't seen that either. It's That, that kind of bothers me. It's got to be available somewhere for streaming by now. Nah, I'm sure you can, you know, illegally get it, but that's not what we do here. Uh, Catherine Narducci was in The Irishman in, the, in a Bronx Tale. Kevin Conway, you might remember as uh, he was also in Invincible, but he played Mike, Mark Wahlberg's uh, dad in that. Mm-hmm. He's in 13 Days, Mystic River, Slaughterhouse Five, the old Slaughterhouse Five. Uh, Matt Servito played Chipmunks at Chanted, Going the Distance, and Hitch. And uh, yeah, that's it. I'm done doing those. So, um, <laughs> well, I mean, I have said Vincent Pastore. He played Big Pussy in Sopranos. Yes. Everyone knows him there. Um, so, like I said, this came out the 27th of October, 2000. Uh, the same day, the week before, you had Bedazzled, Pay It Forward, and The Yards. The day of, the 27th, it went up against Blair Witch 2, Book of Shadows, Lucky Numbers, and The Little Vampire, starring Jonathan Lipnicki. Another ugh. Uh, and then November 3rd, the week after, you had Charlie's Angels, the Drew Barrymore, Drew, Charlie's Angels, and The Legend of Bagger Fans. So... Kind of a weird mixed jumble of movies that this movie popped up in. And I'm going to tell you right now, this movie is so independent that it, none of, people that went to go see the movies I just listed. It's not competition. had yeah. no idea about Two Family House. And uh, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much it. That's pretty much all I got for the nuts and bolts. This nice. is going to be a fact light movie simply because it is so indie that there aren't a lot of facts, facts you can it. find online unless unless you actually know anybody personally that worked on this movie and you could talk to them. I mean, I wish I did. I, in fact, really like this movie, and I really like this movie again watching it. And this was Butler's first time watching it. So, of course, I'm going to ask him, what'd you think? It's a mess. <laughs> this movie's a mess. Why'd you make... I'm just kidding. This movie's really good. It's touching, and it's funny while not... It's not really a comedy. It's it's a drama, but its subject matter could have been dealt with really heavy-handed and really heavy and sh- or really schmaltzy or really dark and it was really kind of handled in like a, a lighthearted nice way sure. it's, it's it's a nice movie well before we go before we go forward let me just tell you what the movie's about oh come on let's go <laughs> so i'm gonna give you the synopsis that's a random synopsis online and i'll try to fill it in as we go forward frustrated factory worker buddy vasallo root michael Rispoli, as i said before once had a shot at the big time but now finds his dreams have been reduced to a number of failed money-making schemes basically Buddy was in the war, but he was in the, he was singing and a record guy saw him. He's like, Hey, let's after the war, come see me. So after the war ended, he wanted to, he was going to go see him, but he was with this, uh, Catherine Arducci at the time who played, uh, what's her name in this movie? When the show, when I said her name, we should say by, by war, we mean world war two. This movie takes yes. place in the, excuse me, it takes, it takes place in 1956. Yeah. I apologize. I just, I should know better. Uh, <laughs> his wife, Estelle. So when he gets back from the war, Estelle doesn't want him to do it. She's like, what are you going to do? You're going to go make a fool of yourself. Don't do it. So he doesn't do it. So he, and, and he's always regretted that. His money-making seems to try to do be a pizza delivery guy, limo guy. He's just trying to work. He's basically wants to work for himself. He ends up, he's working at a factory now, and he's just kind of wasting the day away, always trying to look for a way to kind of do, a, do something else. His latest plan is to buy a two-family house and convert the ground floor into a bar where he can perform, you know, serve drinks, be his own boss, and live upstairs with Estelle. All seems to go as planned until he must deal with the tenants upstairs. So as they buy the house, they don't realize that there's people living upstairs. They totally have to vacate, but they won't leave. And that's where we, uh, the character of Mary O'Neary, Kelly McDonald, she is pregnant, and her abusive husband, Kevin Conway, is he's a drunk, and he won't leave. And that's pretty much where they are at the standstill. So what ends up happening is she goes into labor as they're trying to kick him out and she ends up having a baby and the baby is black. Baby's, ha- you know, obviously half white, half black. And um, Kevin Conway 
the husband just gets up and just leaves and they never you never see him again he just he just, he just walks away <laughs> walks away so you know buddy be buddy in this movie is a good guy yes he is not surrounded by he's surrounded i don't want to say that these guys are bad guys his friends but they're they're guys that aren't they're not leaders they're not strong guys you know what i mean you know what I mean? they're not people that are they're not bad guys, but they're not necessarily a good guy like Buddy is. I guess is probably the right. Best I mean, they're they're they've got their 1950s views and they're kind they're of Italian. They're ways. all Italian, they're all Italian, yeah. yeah. And he what? And even the neighborhood that he moved to, the two family house that they bought, uh, one of the guys, Vincent Pastore, who plays the bartender, says, "What are you going to live in this Mick neighborhood?" Which is like a, a, slang, a slang for for Irish. For Irish. Yeah. And you know, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of that language in the movie. Not so much. Not as bad. I mean, yes, the N word is 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 brought up a couple of times, and they do make one that once they find out that she did have a baby, and obviously the father was black. That there are comments that are made, and and it's funny is like it, when I'm watching the movie, I'm trying to see how how Buddy relates to any of those comments, and it's like he's not like making them. But he's not, and he's, it's almost like when you're with your group of friends and they say something you don't think is that funny, but you don't really want to, you just kind of like ignore ignore it. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like that. So you, but you do get the sense that he's just, he doesn't feel the same way as they do. Right. And, 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 and whatnot. So he feels bad that basically they want to kick her out still. He gets, she goes, he goes, she goes to stay at a, uh, a motel, but it's like a motel that's known for having hookers that stay there and use it. So he, pays for her to live in an apartment. He doesn't tell anybody. And the eventual happens where, you know, he ends up falling in love with her and, and they have feelings for each other. Um, there's a lot to un- unpack, I guess. And I hate using that term now, but there's a lot to do there. So again, you liked it. You talked about how it wasn't, it was sweet, but it wasn't too sweet. That was what you were saying before, right? It's it's not overly schmaltzy. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's but it's not like, super dramatic like some movies would, would make the subject matter or something like that well it's, it's kind of in between right I, I took it also with the the way the music was it felt like a fairy tale almost like i was being told this fairy tale story because it's be, it's told from the viewpoint of or the narrator is the baby it's the adult yeah, uh, version yes. of the baby which clearly is frank whaley who's <laughs> who they don't give him the, they don't really he's uncredited but you know it's him i didn't really like that part i mean i, I okay. like that it's narrated but i don't i didn't like that Throughout the movie, there are a couple moments where he goes, and this was my first memory, and I remember this. And it's like, you're like four months old, dude. No, you don't. <laughs> well, I think that this movie is also based on uh, the uncle of the director. Like, it's based on his story. Sure. So I'm wondering if that's where that narrator element comes in, why you do it like that. I'm okay with the narrator, like, mm-hmm. telling us the story of how his parents met, because... Well, spoiler alert, they they fall in love and I just and said it. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't like that when you have the baby's memories and like he says he remembers it. He's like, I know a lot of people don't remember, don't think babies remember things. It's like, no, they don't. They no, don't I do. don't. I don't remember things. <laughs> if this movie was 20 years ago. Maybe that technology we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I did really like the movie. I also liked how you have Italian Americans from uh, New York in the late in the mid 50s. And uh, no, they're not mobbed up, you know. <laughs> Well, they, Staten Island, yeah, yeah. It's every movie they got to have somebody who's like some wise guy in the mob and stuff like that. And it's like we mentioned before we started this. Like I've I've got Italian family. You've you yep. you've you got Italian family. It's yep. like not everybody's mobbed up. True. I mean, well, maybe, but but there are Italian, but, but I mean, but you there's always one person in your family that's like oh oh yeah, yeah you're you, like, you're you like oh that guy oh yeah no no he knows somebody <laughs> like either you it, it but, usually is. 
Yeah, it's, it's nice to have like a group where they're not like not one sure. of them is. I mean, although they do kind of mob themselves up when they go to kick out. Well, yeah, well, it's, <laughs> Neary, it's that mob mentality, but it's that kind of like different. the people, you know. Right. And, and one of the one of the aspects of this movie that uh, that really I liked a lot is the ending and the 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 realization that and maybe this is maybe my one way of me to counter against your narrator aspect, because the narrator is how it gets brought up, where. He talks about how he never realized that his prison was his, his friends were his jailers. Right. Yeah, so, I like that line. Right. So what ends up happening at the end is for a week, Buddy and Mary, Mary get together. They, they He's working like double shifts to pay for the bar, to pay back everything. And he's got like three hours, which I don't know how he's doing this, but he's got like <laughs> three hours where he tells his wife that he has no, he has to work six to six and, and he doesn't have time to come home. But he goes, but it's not. He leaves at three. He goes to Mary's apartment and, and is with her uh, and she finds out that, you know, about the hours that are not the same, that what she was told, she follows him. She finds out, she says she wants to break up with him. You know, that's it. He was trying to get back together with her. She says, let's meet at the diner. It's a, you know, this local diner. It's kind of a neutral place. He, as soon as he walks in, everybody is there. All his friends are there. Right. Their wives are there. Her parents are there. Estelle's parents, his wife's parents are there. And they're all like giving him like all these looks and he's walking down towards her and he tells her basically he's fallen in love with this other woman because this other woman believes in him. Estelle is somebody in this movie doesn't really it's she's passive aggressive, but she just chips away at his. Oh, yeah. Estelle sucks. Yeah, she's not. (laughs) She is. She is the definition of not supportive. And it's not that she's evil. It's not that she's mean, that she's just a. Her character is not one note. It's because she's afraid of what everyone's going to say. She's afraid of failure. I mean, she's passive aggressive, but then she also, when she finds out that if Buddy, you know, realizes if Buddy loses all his money, he can't build the bar. She purposely overspends to destroy Buddy's dream. She is an active participant in that at that point. And she brags about it to her her friends. I have two notes back to back. One is Estelle sucks. And then the next one is Estelle really sucks. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure I wrote that when she decided I'm going to spend all of Buddy's money. Well, but how about the fact that when she wants, she's like, she tells him, you got to cut these dreams out. I want to get back together. And if, listen, if you got to go and you know how I don't like to have sex, if you got to go get it from yeah, somewhere. Not a huge fan. Yeah. It's like, that's like, and then you immediately, Buddy's like, I don't, that's not, that's not what this is about. Right. Yeah, right. And, it's a, and that's when he comes, you know, this is, he just doesn't want to be there. He, and, he and, wants to leave. And Estelle's whole thing is she's okay with living in, her bedroom she's had like her childhood bedroom with her parents downstairs only having sex when perry como comes on yeah 30 minutes god yeah it's not just no yeah and that and quite honestly this is not probably something that's unknown to a lot of people this is probably back in the 50s and even now nowadays yeah these are what this is what happens sometimes people just don't want to change they don't want to grow and they don't they don't want to. People don't support one another when they're in relationships. I don't know if I don't know if I would be with be able to be with my wife if if she wasn't supportive of what we did. Well, no, exactly. That's that's, that's this movie spoke. I'm probably this reason you like it because oh, it spoke, yeah. speaks to I think us a lot, like people that have dreams and want to go out and do something. Sure. And, you know, you try and try and try and you know they don't always work. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna make this movie. I'm gonna make this web series. I'm gonna write this. I'm right. gonna do this. It's totally gonna take off, and then it crashes and burns. But you still get up and try again. And to have somebody who doesn't like, well, she Estelle's like nagging away at him. Is like, if my girlfriend did that to me every time I wanted to create something, yeah, you get be like no. It it would test whether you could be strong enough to be like, if you're just like, okay, you're right, or if you would just be like, 
I, I'm going to leave you. I'm sorry. Like, you know what I mean? Like, right. it's, it's what kind of person are you? One who's going to take that or one that's going to move on from it? Uh, it's not like they're newly married. He's been dealing with this for 11 years, putting up with this nagging and constantly being put down to the point where when he he's talking to Mary, when he goes to get the toy gun after he has one of his fights with Estelle, he gets the toy gun, which is hilarious because he knocks on the door with the toy gun and Mary thinks he's coming to kill her. She kicks him out and obviously he yeah. breaks the window and she's like, why are you even here? And he just breaks down just like he's at that point just completely shattered and he starts bawling in in the yard and saying because i just need someone to talk to yeah he wants someone he wants a, a support system right and he doesn't he doesn't get that with estelle at all and she gets that right away with mary like you know i'm sure one of your plans will work it'll be fine and yeah and like like immediately they connect with each other one of the lines i like that she tells him it, when he says he says something to the effect of oh i don't know i can't remember what she said he says but she she tells him, I find that hard to believe, Mr. Fasala, when she says that to him, when he says, I can't remember what he says. Ah, oh, it was in reference to like him being just the one of the one of the guys. Or just oh, I'm like, not. I'm not. Uh, this is not. Yeah. Not how I usually am. You know, I'm not crying all the time. I'm not this sensitive. Right. And she's like, I find that hard to believe, Mr. Fasala, which is right there. She she can she sees what kind of person he is. That he's not the same right. as everyone else. And I think it goes to how good of a guy Buddy is that for 11 years, as you said, he lets Estelle just kind of he thinks that she's going to come around he's willing to to work at this he just thinks that this is what a marriage is you know it's give yeah. and take and you know she he that he doesn't see that she's like like at the end like they're the jailer like he doesn't see that these are the people that are in his way to make to build his dreams yep and one of the other things i like is that his dream is not to write a movie to make us to to make a web series to write a book it's not something creative it's actual i want to run a bar i want to be my own boss just something like that well because it's just it, he's downgraded it to just well, if i can't be right. somebody at least i'm going to be my own boss well i think it's relatable but it's also something where it's not i think when you have this type of story a lot of times it's almost always a creative it's, it's but it's always something big i'm going to be a big time star i'm going to do yeah. this it's like he doesn't want to leave Staten Island. He loves where he is. He loves, you know what I mean? He loves where he lives. He, he just wants to run a bar. He wants to be his own boss. That's all he wants. It's a simple dream. Yeah. And it's an attainable dream. And yet Estelle still puts him down for that. Oh, I know. She's, <laughs> you want to be a, want me to be a barmaid? It's like, ugh. Like, get a job, Estelle. <laughs> like, I imagine, because they, obviously at the end, he leaves Estelle, goes to Mary, they open the bar. You know, they tell you how the bar has a lot of slow nights, but, you know. Always enough to keep the lights on. Mm -hmm. yeah. I always wonder, like, what's Estelle doing this whole time as he's he's I mean, he's like right down the street, basically. He's in a different neighborhood. He's maybe like, oh, absolutely. Yeah, I I'm sure Estelle ended up with one of Buddy's friends. OK, Chipmunk. <laughs> well, Chipmunk's married. So yeah, it's got to no, be one you. of the other ones. But yeah. the other ones, not all of them are married. Mm -hmm. And she's probably living up in her parents, uh, parents uh, yeah. room again. Yeah. You mean, I just. Someone's just OK with that. Yeah. And then her parents pass away and then she inherits the house and that's it. And mm -hmm. then the cycle carries on from there. Mm -hmm. But I, but we were talking about that reference, you know, how they had a lot of slow nights and the reference that his friends were his own jailers. You don't get that if you don't have the narrator. I don't know how you do that, how you let people know that. Right. What I'm, Buddy's thinking. I'm no, no, no. I'm I know okay you. I'm just saying yeah. it's just kind of like in. I'm not I'm not trying to say that to I'm not trying to say this to change your mind gotcha. i'm just giving the counter argument for why that why you oh, have the narrator in there yeah i don't mind i like the narrator i just didn't like the baby remembering stuff parts i know i get i like that. him recounting the story i just don't like whenever he says that he was there for it it's like yeah you were but you weren't mm -hmm. 
But I do like, and I like how he says, you know, Buddy was, you know, Buddy was his own boss until, you know, 1980, what, six or 88? Died in 88. And then she, d- she and it's like she passed away. Before, so. Well, no, 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 no. The year before the story. Yeah. A yeah, year ago. Yeah, so. yeah. Whenever, and this story takes place 2000. So I think you're supposed to assume 99. 99 yeah. Yeah, yeah. And now he's the owner and operator of uh, Buddy's Tavern. Right. Owner, operator, manager, and bartender. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> so does he also now live above the I bar? I mean, that's a sweet gig. And you live above your egg, go downstairs, open yeah, up. Gotta get to work. Ugh. I wonder if there are a lot of bars like that now. That's like a that's like a neighborhood bar. So I mean, that's very popular back then. But I, I wonder think, if you have a lot of that now. I think that could stay open today if mm-hmm. it was already open. But I think there are probably laws against opening something like that now. You would have to change it up or open in a different like where I live, the city I live. There's a lot of bars mm-hmm. with a lot of housing on top of them. But the downstairs is still like it's not a house. It's like buddies bar is a house oh yeah bars. yeah he, yeah he just kind of like converted yeah. it a little bit well i would imagine if you updated it now you would just cut out the uh you would just cut out the walls right yeah yeah, yeah. so you probably just have to do some renovations and stuff oh. like that so you mentioned that you know you thought you figured the reason why i like this movie did the same reason why i like this movie in terms of how it touched me did it affect you the same way oh yeah it's it's a lot of the things that uh affect buddy affect me like i've written a ton of scripts and always try to get something filmed and something always goes wrong. You know, I always have these big dreams of like, all right, this script, I'm going to, I'm going to get this. And obviously my girlfriend's supportive of me and she's not putting me down, but you know, right, you try to do yet. it. And then <laughs> I'm just kidding. And then, you know, it fails because people tell you no, or it's not going to work or no, I can't, you can't do that. Or just people drop out. And you're like, all right, one that messed up too. And like buddy's thing is like, I'm just, just everything fails for me, blah, blah, blah. Like that, that affects me. And obviously him wanting to get his own place and being stuck at, Estelle's is like, I took me forever to get an apartment, and now I want to get out of the apartment and get something bigger as well. well so it's, it's a like, step. It's a step. Everything's a step. The podcast is a step, but the podcast is like our bar right now. I guess. Right. So it's like everything's nice. <laughs> Shit, we're buddies. <laughs> we're buddies. We're a bunch of buddies. Hey, which uh, is why the movie affects us. We just want someone to talk to. Um, <laughs> I threw a gun through a window just yesterday. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I don't. I don't know about any of that. <laughs> Throwing guns through windows. Uh, I lost my train of thought. Well, <laughs> you're welcome. Go ahead. Yeah, I imagine that's what you're talking about in terms of affecting you is just reaching for a dream and being able to achieve. Oh, I think that's what I know what I'm saying. Helps the movie connect with everybody. Well, I one of the earliest and probably longest lessons that I had to learn was people being critical of your stuff or people, you know, just putting it down or whatever. Oh, I don't like that. This it's it, yeah. That's about them. That's not about you. Somebody that you know what I mean. Like if if you write something or if you put a film up there, and someone well they trash it, but they just kind of like talk shit on it or something like that. Right. Um. Oh, why would you want to do that? That's stupid. Whatever. That's about them and their failed attempts at stuff, and that's about their insecurities and their fear. People talk about it all the time in terms of making movies and actors and actresses and just filmmakers. It's a family. Right. So if you see somebody who's doing something and you are friends with them and you know them and, and it might not be great, but that doesn't mean you're going to be like, that's crap. You're like, oh, I like some stuff, but you know what? You should really, th- you, you try to help them. You try to get, you know what I mean? Right. That, that's, that's what that, that's what that's about. When people are putting you down, that's just about their failed, that's their failed attempts and their bad, insecure ways. And you should never take it that personally. That's something I had to learn 
a long time ago. It took me a while, but I had to learn that. Well, that's something that Buddy, that's one of my favorite lines in the movie, too, when Buddy and Estelle are fighting, and Estelle's like, they're going to make fun of us. But who's making fun of us? Your stupid friends? My stupid friends? Yeah. Who cares? Yeah, exactly. What that's in the opening scene of the movie when he's singing, did you notice the name of like the booth? So it's like this like carnival thing. It's like a right, boardwalk. Yeah. I didn't notice the name on it. So he's singing in front of, and the name is like, want to be a singer? Screw him. Why not? Like, that's the name of the thing. And I was just like, that's the whole message of the movie. Because <laughs> that's what he says during that when they're fighting. Yeah. He's like, screw him. Who cares? Like that kind of thing. Yeah. And she just doesn't get that. She's too afraid. Right. I like the line when the narrator's talking about how they notice the baby's different. <laughs> and he's like, I seem to have been made of darker material. Despite being born of female parents. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh, just. Yeah, I just thought that was funny. Oh, that's a, that's that, a good line. The line right before that made me go, oh, when they go, uh, oh, what, what's wrong? He looks kind of like dirty or something. I know. I was like, oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> because it could, you couldn't, you, that's not something that's in your mindset when the, when the baby comes out. Right, because yeah. you're not the, yeah. And I love, uh, I mean, some of the some of the funny lines are really good. I love when she's talking about, you know, my Uncle Louie always said, you know, keep, she talk, keeps talking about Uncle Louie on their first night in the house. And he goes, oh, why don't we go to Uncle Louie's grave and ask him what to do? <laughs> she goes, we got to sell the house. We got to sell the house. But he goes, oh, maybe Uncle Louie will buy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and they're all they're all mobbed up, ready to go kick, uh, kick McCreary out. You're right. Whatever. Right. And he, but he's like. Let it be known that you will receive two of a possible three warnings. <laughs> whole, like, the whole warning talk, yeah. What time is it? Uh, got 10 minutes? All right, 10 minutes. All right, 10 to 3. I got five minutes. All right, set your watch to mine. My watch works. <laughs> but I just want to go up and they're like, throw the fucking guy out. They're like yelling at him. <laughs> they, uh, so when they, after that, because that during that time, obviously they go up there and, and she goes into labor. She has the baby. You, you, we already talked about what happens. Later on, maybe like he's at the bar and like this is this is like a couple of weeks have passed. She has moved out. Right. The life is getting on. He's trying to build the bar. You know, they're telling the story again. They're at the bar. Those guys are just telling a story. And he's like, I didn't happen. I didn't say that. Like, and I just the fact that like the way the story is being told and how it's being retold and mistold, it shows, I think, how Buddy is not their close friend. They're not, He's not someone they support and, and want to see be successful. He's just a character in the story and in their lives where he doesn't really matter as much. Well, I would slightly disagree in terms of Chipmunk. Chipmunk supported him all the time. And he goes, why are you, why are you here? Why are you always helping me? Because you have dreams. And, and I, 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 I appreciate that you have these dreams. Yeah. But Chipmunk is, if but Buddy Chipmunk says no. still ends up making a choice at the end. And right. He chooses. Chipmunk's the anti-Buddy. Right. Chipmunk chooses to stay with the other people. Right. But I think Chipmunk is a true friend of Buddy's up until Buddy makes that. Mm-hmm. that choice and then chipmunk makes his choice i wonder if they ever thought about having a scene where he's in the bar and they're because at the end it ends with them dancing and there's nobody in the bar i wondered if they ever had a scene where they ever thought about showing the bar with people in there and showing that chipmunk has come there i wondered if like that relationship that friendship would ever last like if no if he was just shut off completely from all his friends all the friends that he once had, if they just completely shut him off forever, I, I wonder can't, that. I can't see it. You're in a close-knit community, and at some point, you know, before 1988, Chipmunk never ended up going back to Buddy. He's like his best friend. I, I, I wonder. I mean, who knows? Although, you do have that last scene where Buddy goes to invite them all to the bar, and Chipmunk stops, looks at Buddy, like, uh, and then starts joking with the friends again. It makes his choice a second time. Yeah. Like, Buddy gives him a second chance, and then... 
Obviously, Big Pussy tells him fuck off. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, no, you know what? I'm going to be open Christmas Eve. Uh, I know. I'm like, oh, you, you ass. And well, he sends the drunk into the bar. Yeah. But I, I like that line. When the drunk sits down, he didn't have any money. He still, but he still gives him the, the drink as his first customer. He goes, mm-hmm. they said you'd serve anybody. And he goes, you know what? Yeah, I would. St. James, right? Uh, I liked that the fact that he goes to that bar to tell everyone, hey, I'm opening on Christmas Eve, knowing what their answer is going to be already. I think that shows how good of a friend he is. Right. That he he probably has an idea like, oh, they're probably going to all say no, probably laugh me out. But I'm going to go anyways because uh, they my they were my friends and I'm, I'm right. not turning my back on them. I, I wonder if, you know, that that just shows that just Buddy's a stand-up guy in this, this whole, throughout this whole process, even though, yes, he cheated on his wife and yes, you know, he, Whatever. The fact that he, he was in, he had infidelity in his marriage, that's on him to a point. I mean, Listen, it was 11 years. 11 years he didn't do anything I like know. it. It's all right. He's allowed one. <laughs> but, he, you know, I think he's I don't still actually a stand-up believe that, baby. If you're listening, I don't actually believe that. He does. He's, <laughs> he's shaking his head at me. No, that he does. He's like, he's telling me to be quiet right now. He's quiet. There's several women here. I don't, he brought them. I don't know who they are. Get out of my house. Listen, I bought them all an apartment somewhere else where I can uh, buy them uh, uh, different uh, noodles and uh, make pasta sauce. Oh, well, oh, nice, nice. <laughs> <laughs> Which uh, I don't know if it's because it just never changed, but did the Rigatoni packages just never change? Ronzoni? Ronzoni, yeah. That's, or that's the just- brand name. Is it like it's always that been that exact style since the 50s or did they Maybe. put the 80s boxes or the 2000s boxes? No, that's classic. No one's going to notice. That's classic. All right. Shianti? <laughs> Shianti. Chianti. He doesn't say that. He, the guy points like, Shianti. <laughs> I like that. At first, he's a little annoyed. And then when she keeps coming back and then at the end, he's like all happy. But the, like, oh, the, oh, oh, the guy, the shop, the shop owner. owner yeah. yeah. Isn't that shop great, though? The shop's just like, you know. I love, I love when he's trying to buy the, uh, when Buddy's trying to buy the place from him. He goes, yeah, I got the guy. He just needed a place to lie low, if you know what I mean. And but he's like, "Yeah, I think I do." <laughs> <laughs> like, let's, let's stop talking. <laughs> Why well, have one note about the look of it? Even though it's an indie film and doesn't have a huge budget, I, I obviously you you can't take as much risks in terms of of probably lighting. Not that risks, but you don't have the tools needed, right? Uh, I did lighting I, kit, and that's probably it. But I still thought the night the night setups were nice. I thought the night scenes looked really nice right. in terms of lit, like you know, lights in the background, just how they looked. I mean, I'm not gonna. They're all everything's evenly lit. I, I'm not. I'm not gonna tell you that they were breaking the wheel here, but I thought it looked well, and maybe it all, feature, yeah. yeah. But I also thought that because it took place in the 50s, and you have your set design, and probably Staten Island. I was gonna say Staten Island is probably pretty easy to yeah. yeah. But I think that help that that helps any kind of what you're going to see on screen and it's, what you're going to light on screen. It's not a set. You can use all the old houses again. Although I did, I did think that the house that um, buddy buys is very similar to Estelle's parents' house. Like I almost wonder if Estelle's parents' house was filmed first. Doubled and up. And they kind of messed it up to be, to be like the, the messed up tooth family. But you could also buy that. They build the same houses throughout the entire neighborhood. Oh, I get yeah. it. They all kind of look the no. same for sure. But Absolutely. that's fine. I, and I can appreciate that. And maybe if I watched it again and I was looking for modern style homes and cars in the background, I probably would be able to find stuff like that. But I just wasn't in this. You're too invested in the story. And right. they've, got, they've got enough of that 50s going on in there that you're, you're okay with it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. No, I really like this movie. I don't have any, I don't have any problems with any of this movie. I like, I don't have, like, I'm just trying to think of just in terms of the ensemble 
of the actors. I, I enjoy the New York feel of it. I the Jersey, the Staten Island feel of it. No, absolutely. The, yep. I enjoy just that. It felt like a close knit community. I enjoyed the right. fact that it's Italian Americans that aren't in the mob. Well, I mean, you I can relate to that. Like that. I can relate to a lot of the stuff, uh, the Italian stuff, just because I've, I've grown up around it with my grandparents uh, and my mother's side's uh, Italian. So, you know, I, a lot of the stuff that I saw on screen, a lot of, a lot of the conversations that they're saying, the way they talk about it, it's just, yeah. I've heard it all. So it's, it's in terms of kind of almost like a comfort meal kind of thing. So I, I, I definitely felt that watching it. I did like when the adoption agents mm-hmm. going to take the baby. Oh, like you knew right. the baby's not going to end up with the adoption agent, but I just like that. Apparently she's giving up the baby and he's going to be an experiment. <laughs> I saw that. Yeah. Oh, I was like, got a lovely professors that are yeah. going to like it. Well, actually I had him at, uh, I was married at the time. Oh, even better. Yeah, that was, that was like a social experiment kind Basically, of thing, right? Yeah. yeah. And I was like, mm, that's, yeah. that's creepy. Yeah, but but and... he's got that awesome line when he goes and sits and talk to you outside, and and obviously he's going to he wants to go be with her, right? And she that's what she thinks, but clearly he wants both of them. He right. wants the family. And he's just like, Who, who's the girl? Who's the yeah. broad? Right? He said broad. Or he says woman. He goes, where'd you find that broad? Yeah. Loser. Yeah, that's a that, and like that's a yeah. that's a great line. That's a great moment too because, you know, he wants all of them. Right. Yeah. And she didn't think that she was going to be able to live her life and still have the baby, and now he's given her basically everything that right. she would have wanted. Right. And I I like that there is a shot where the after goes, can I talk to you for a minute? And they leave. They do a quick shot of the close up of the baby. It looks like the baby's given that adoption agent like a hardcore side eye, and it just <laughs> I just started laughing like that baby fucking hates you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to go upstate. <laughs> I don't know if it was on purpose or not. Or they just waited and goes, I want that cut with that baby looking like that. Cause that's perfect. How about when Mary tells buddy when he's, why were you with that guy? And she tells him the story why she was with the drunk uh, and he's, he's my father's friend. And on my father's deathbed, he told me to go be with his friend and she's 14 at the time. And it's like, it's now in today's day, you're like, Come on, that's but back then that's not that's oh, normal, no, right? Yep, and that's and that's just, ugh. huge age discrepancy between. What an them. asshole dad you have to be to do that. Give yep. me a fucking break. I'm sorry, I don't mean to apologize. I swear, but <laughs> ugh. I mean, I, can you imagine? Can you imagine like you have a kid and then you're dying and you're like, go be with my friend? Why would you do that? Well, here's the other thing. All right, so let's. It happened. You've got this beautiful young lady that you didn't deserve or earn, and then you're gonna like beat her and treat her like shit. Well, it's he's like, a drunk. He's well, a he's, a, that, he's like, an alcoholic, oh, dude. You get you just got you just got a prize. Like yeah, like she's way better than you. It's like, come on, man. No, well, alcoholism is a sickness, my butler. It's it's a disease. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm not trying to be funny. Well, just, he's, it is. He's, he's he's dead now. So <laughs> wait in the movie. Oh, oh vagrancy. I'm sure he died no, now. they he said they drank himself to death. They said he saw him again. Well, no, saw him again, but he was arrested for vagrancy, and then that was it. Yeah, the next no. day he was arrested for vagrancy, and, and then, then no one it. ever saw him again. Yeah, Probably good. But yeah, but what a her father! What a what a scum! Yep, that's just ugh. you know. My sister, when her sister sent her money to live, she's got like a yeah. rotten cantaloupe and like five potatoes. It's enough. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I need. I'm going to get the Shianti line again. I'm sorry. Would this be a movie that you would recommend to somebody if they wanted to be a writer, a filmmaker, uh, like, you know what I mean? An actor, like in somebody in the business, I always view this movie as a movie that would be beneficial to somebody who wants to make films. Just the way it was put together, just how, you know, little I, they had. I like, I think it's great for writing wise. Absolutely. 
Uh, filmmaking wise, I mean, it doesn't like you said, it doesn't break the wheel, but it does a lot with a little. But it's a simple story, so it doesn't it's really a, have to. Right, it's a simple story, and it's not done. And I don't mean simple in a bad way. I no, mean, yeah, I, right. I'm, I mean that in a good way. It's a, it's a, it's an achievable story. Absolutely. For a filmmaker, it's, it's got heart, it's got comedy, and it's not, it's something a little different. And it doesn't fall into, which I brought up a lot, why a lot of indie features for me kind of fall flat, is they try to go, and we've talked about it, they try to go overboard with, it's got to be so dark and depressing to be an indie feature. And it's like, here's my indie. Or so out there and and zany and be like an indie Mm -hmm. comedy Mm -hmm. where it's just, I don't find the comedy funny. Mm -hmm. And the whole point is, well, then you just don't get it. That's a good point. And this is not one of those movies. It's not super dark and depressing, but it's also like, you just don't get it funny. Mm-hmm. It's just a nice little story that has a lot to say with not a lot yeah. to have to unpack. It's just, it's just there. It's a, it's a happy ending, but also I think maybe that maybe that'll lead to my next question is why it was forgotten. It might, might be part of it. It's an indie, but it's not an indie. Like you said, that's not avant-garde. It's not right. breaking any kind of barriers. It's so it didn't get picked up by all these you know, hoity-toity producers who then have to right. go, oh, that looks so good. And it was, yeah, it wasn't. them to do a Marvel movie because now it's like, you did such an avant-garde production. You want to do our samey production of uh, Captain America 5? <laughs> it wasn't something that came out at Sundance that shocked the audience and that everyone was stumbling over themselves to to get, you know, ahead of the game. I get that. Right. You know, it's not one of those movies. It's a simple story that tells a, a well-told tale and maybe because it was a feel-good movie because it maybe people just couldn't relate to it or wasn't they they walk out of the theater going that was, that was good i like that but they wouldn't you know they weren't really blown away because i i it's also ma- a period piece true true so i that's probably all adds up it doesn't have a big name actor although kelly mcdonald is i think she's uh not a i guess she's not a huge name but she's a really good actress and she she's is, been in, she a, lot in a lot of stuff the other thing is it's a it's a very it's a, it's italian yeah. and they're not in the mob and i think that <laughs> you're really I harping that on that it. i no, i like that it is that like I said, but I just think that, you know, when you see that and you go, oh, look at all these guys from like people that like The Sopranos. Like we, we, we've, we've got a, a mutual friend who's all about that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I'm sure he'd look at it and go, eh, not, nah, nah. Two Family House? No. Uh, he might like it. He might like some of the stuff, but I think overall he'd be like, yeah. I think he would like it. We'll I, I think we would like it. I, I would hope so. Yeah. But I think... It, You'd have to push him into it. Oh, of course, I'd have to. I'd have to get him the movie not and say, them, like, "Oh, they're no. not in the mob." Oh no, absolutely. If they're not mobbed up, why do you want to watch it? No, if I told him that this movie was good and I thought he would like it, I think he would like it. He would want to watch it. Yeah, I, 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 he takes. He'll take my suggestions, but would he find it on his own? Probably not. No, but like that's the thing that not other people are going to find this movie on their own because, quite frankly, it's tough to get. Although, I had to go ahead, go. It is available on Hulu, free to watch right now. Okay, yeah, but did you when you watched on Hulu? It was boxed, right? Yes. Yeah, that pissed me off. Or I rented it on Amazon. I bought it because I wanted the widescreen. That bothered me. Wait, was it box? No, it must have. Every I tried it on Prime and I tried it on Hulu and it came four three. And I had to buy it. I had to rent it for three ninety nine on Amazon Prime in order to get it to sixteen by nine. No, it's a one eighty five movie. Mine wasn't boxed. Mine was. Mine might have been stretched though. I don't know. It definitely wasn't boxed. Mine might have been stretched. Okay. But again, that might be a setting I've chosen a long time ago in my Hulu settings though. But I no. didn't know it's an indie feature, so I wasn't really yeah. looking at that. Going, is that stretched? Now I'm probably now I'm thinking yeah. it was probably stretched. Yeah, <laughs> man, 
But that bothered still, me. It's one eight five. It's fine, but it still bothered me. It's an it's an indie feature. So Don't I offer mean, the movie if you can't offer it the full the, the the full aspect ratio. The point is, this is a great movie and it's available for free to watch. Absolutely. So. Unlike some of our and Prime um, Hulu and Prime, it is free on Prime. Yeah, as well? that's where I got to. Yeah. Okay, so I mean, a lot of our movies like this mm-hmm. are very hard to find. Yep. like Star Chamber. Like the uh, no, the conversation was free. There was something else. Uh, Red, Strange, Rock, Red Rock West. Red Rock West. Strange Days are impossible to find now. Right. This movie is is free to watch. It's a, it's a movie that would normally be hard to find, and mm-hmm. it's a movie that Near Dark needs to be seen. Sorry, yeah, Near Dark is was hard to find, which was surprising. Yeah, you had to you had to borrow my DVD. I did. Yeah. That was surprising as well. But that I have a DVD. <laughs> that it wasn't a fucking Blu-ray. Oh, come on, all right, come on. We're not all we're not all hoity-toity like you. <laughs> well, you just talk about aspect ratios. All I want is a clear picture. Uh. Listen, if I'm a filmmaker and I do a movie in a certain aspect ratio, I don't want to see it in any other th- aspect right, ratio okay. other than the one I've done it in. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I definitely check this movie out. It is a surprisingly good movie that doesn't fall into a lot of the pitfalls of what a movie like this could have fallen into. Oh, yeah. But it's, it's well written. It's nice, well written, fun, short. And I'd recommend you, if, if you like this movie... Or if you like what we're talking about and then you watch it, you're like, oh, I really like movie. You should watch City Island too, because City Island is is good too. Mm-hmm. And it's the same same story. It's more about a family, but it's 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 a good movie too. And the same director, same writer, and it's got a bunch of people on that. So absolutely I would recommend City Island as well. Finally, I guess I'm gonna say finally, finally, did you notice the split the after shot? I always bring them up when we have the when we see one. Did you notice it? No. So for those who may not know, because I what other movies did I bring them up in? We brought it up a few times. So the split after is when all the images in is in focus, and and you can't obviously do that. And with the regular camera in in the lens, you need to split the image and put multiple image. You need to basically put multiple images in there. I've, I've explained split after before. I don't right. really want to explain it. It's in the beginning when he is in the factory and he's working, and his friends behind him, and you see you see that. Little faded line squiggling down the middle. I'm like, split the after. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I like to point them out. I just do. Gotcha. If you like Brian De Palma movies, he does it all the time. So split the after. This has been your split the after. Brought to you by I don't know. Brought Insert to you by sponsor here. Yeah. Brought to you by Target. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's all I got. That's all I. Got. I mean, it's. I, there weren't a lot of facts. I mean, I, I, I knew we were going to talk a lot about the story. Don't make excuses. I'm not making excuses. Cut all that. Cut my excuses out, brother. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. So if you haven't had the chance to see two filming house or if you, and if you like movies about time, Americans are not in the mob (laughs) as Butler seems to keep saying, then please, please check out this movie. We like it. That's why we did a podcast episode about it. And, uh, yeah. So I don't know. That's all I got, man. All right. Then, uh, if you like there you Forgotten go. Cinema, please feel free to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to the podcast. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, iHeartRadio, uh, Stitcher, pretty much everywhere we can. If we're not somewhere, let us know. We'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> and, and yeah, go ahead. I was just talking about our merch page. You know, oh, you usually do. But oh, yeah, go, go. Well, we have we have some merch out now. We're selling some shirts and some leggings. Apparently, I haven't <laughs> bought them. And more stuff's going to pop up on there as soon as our merch department gets on that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you can get to that from our website. I Butler said it again already. ForgottenCinemaPodcast.com. It's actually on the menu. It says merchandise. Click on it. It's going to take you to the store. It should take about 48 weeks for delivery. <laughs> We're working on that. Um, but yeah, so if you kind of want to do that, please feel free to be our walking billboard, as Mike likes to say. 
Uh, and you can also join us next week if you like, because we are going to be doing another movie that I really like that I know Mike already likes. Um, we're going to do The Nice Guys. It's a, it's a movie that I wish they would do a sequel. I know that Shane Black went on to do The Predator, which was fine. I really wasn't in love with I it. I liked The Predator. Uh, but again, it's the dialogue. I watch it again. And then, uh, <laughs> but I hear you. But um, I really wish they would do a sequel to this movie, uh, but, if, but they didn't. So we just have the one, which we both really like. So we're both going to talk about. It is. I'm really excited about watching it again. Ryan Gosling, Russell Crowe, the nice guys. Check it out before next week, and then you can hear us uh, probably gush over it. Yeah, seriously. It's going to be one of those, like, well, I like this. And then when he says that, then he says this. Did you guys like that MacGruber episode? Because if you did, (laughs) that's pretty sad. We need to start doing episodes where we hate, where we hate on each other and we're like yelling at each other. Should I release the Sphere episode? No, never. (laughs) We should, but but I don't know how. It's got to be a special, it's got (laughs) a special event. We brought up before Sphere was the first our Sphere was our first test episode we ever did, so we don't really want to re- release it. But in this episode, I had remembered loving this film, and Field slowly breaks me down into hating this movie. <laughs> I I don't want to say I slowly break it down. I educate you on why you shouldn't like that movie. Why I should hate this movie? Yeah, exactly. So and, 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 no, that is bad. Oh, that's bad too. And thus, Forgotten Cinema was born. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, thanks for listening. I'm Mike Field. I'm Mike Butler, and this has been Forgotten Cinema. Fly me to the moon. Let me. That's all I got. Do you not know the rest of the lyrics? I, uh, play I, the stars? I've watched way too many Ren and Stimpy, so I, I, I know. Uh, come fry with like. Come, I, I come know, like, fry the, with me. Fry, let's fry an egg. I, that's what I know. It's pathetic. <laughs>